Hello and welcome to the incredibly influential and highly successful podcast. I'm Kale and I'm incredibly influential. That's right. Got the intro correct this time. Boom. Hell yeah. Let's go. You didn't even let you didn't even let me speak yet. But I am also well, I am Maxwell <laughs> and I am highly successful. Damn it, you fucked me up. <laughs> See, now he fucked it up. Ladies and gentlemen, I I have the, the the tables have you didn't turned. even let no it just invalidates your first statement <laughs> the t- the tables have turned ladies and gentlemen because I got now, it perfect I got it okay perfect we still messed it up collectively <laughs> we collectively I think that falls on all of we us we collect no 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 who the fuck is we who the fuck is we I got it I nailed it I'm I'm perfect I no notes got it in one take. Perfect. I can't help that you messed it up. It's not my fault. I you didn't. You interrupted that. my whatever. It's fine. Interrupt these are. nuts. Interrupt these nuts. Interrupt these nuts. How about that? How about that? How about that? Um. Okay. Hi. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Wednesday, Ju- uh, July the twelfth. As we're recording this, twenty twenty three. By the way, not we haven't gone forward or backward in time. Duh, don't worry. Just wanted to just wanted to make that clear. You we know, are just here in, case. in the present. Yeah, exactly. For us, in in yeah, you know, it's going to be in the past for you, but you know, you're just going to have to you're just going to have to live with it. You know, that's just how the passage of time works. Uh, but we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, number one, straight out the fucking gate. Let's go. We're going in. Uh, threads. How do we feel about it? I have not touched it. I have all. touched it. Uh, so we we are now on Threads, um, Threads.net slash at IIHS podcast. Uh, again, same same login as Instagram and Twitter. Uh, uh, ironically, same uh, everything as Instagram. That's a uh, that's actually a big part of it. Um, part of the pros and the cons. Uh, I kind of want to get into it because I've been using it more than you. Cause I've ported over, I think all of my accounts, all of my Instagram accounts now have a threads account. So that's pretty cool. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm not really sold on threads. See, uh. I, I know I definitely like it. Mm, I definitely like it more than Twitter just because of who's running it. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, say what you will about Zuck the Cuck, but at least he's not Elon Musk, you know? I think uh, you could say what you want. I mean, I, I can say what I want wherever I want. Who do you think you are? Fucking commie? You, you think you're Stalin? You're going to lock me up in the gulag? you going to lock me up in the gulag? Fuck no. I'm an American, bitch. I can do whatever I want. If I wanted to wave my dick around while standing on the roof of the Empire State Building... Uh, uh, singing copyrighted music. Who the fuck's gonna stop me? That's right. Uh, nobody. Okay. Nobody. Um. Uh. So pros definitely better management. Um. Seems to have a better like environment. Honestly, just like more friendly, more conducive to like non assholes. 
Um, but that's because Threads hasn't become nearly as like political as Twitter has yet. So I reckon like in the future when it does become more political, that's going to be more of an issue. But for now, it's fine. Yeah. Well, that's um, the thing is as a different uh, platform, it can be moderated differently yeah. than Twitter. Because, you know, we all know that Twitter is kind of a cesspool. I don't know. Free, Piece free of roam. You can kind of just do whatever on Twitter now. Yeah, kind of. So, I yeah. mean, if you want a community that's more moderated and fixed, then Threads mm-hmm. might be a solution. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sold on the Twitter, like, I guess formula. So. I see. I like it. I like it because I think with Instagram, it's annoying that whenever you want to post something, first of all, you can't post a link, period, like a, like a like a hyperlink. You cannot post a hyperlink on Instagram unless it's on your story. That's true. Um, and that's your, just annoying. Or your yeah. profile. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with threads, you can. And you can post something without having to post a picture, you know? Like, I get that that's, like, the whole point of Instagram, but um, given that nobody uses Facebook anymore, uh, it was high time for Meta to hop on the Twitter-like, you know, Twitter-ish bandwagon, you know? I I, I think it was high time for them to do that, because that is a winning formula, but it's... uh, You mean owning other social media platforms? Uh, well, I mean, like that, that specific type of social media platform, that specific formula for social media platforms is a good one. And I'm glad they, ju- they hopped on it. Cause I, I don't hate it. You know, Twitter was okay, except for the parts that, uh, made it Twitter, AKA Jack Dorsey and then Elon Musk and, uh, the community, but threads is appearing to be less shitty and toxic we will remain it remains to be seen as to uh if it will stay that way but yeah but i think yesterday uh from what i saw on philip defranco i think they hit a hundred million users which was a lot yeah in the first like 48 hours they had more threads accounts than twitter had uh u.s users so that's that's a fair amount and so apparently it is successful. What I'm seeing is that all of the celebrities are moving over, but not a lot of like normal people are. You haven't moved over. A lot of my friends haven't even heard of it because uh, Zuck decided to not do any like marketing for it whatsoever. Like the news media was talking about it. And again, of course, celebrities are moving over, but he didn't do like any advertising or anything for it which I, I guess see. is cheaper uh, and he's allowing it to like grow on its own organically without advertising. But I don't think that's a good, a good idea. Like marketing wise, I, I think that they, they could have spent a little bit on there and they would have, they would have been seeing even more uh, signups, but it remains to be seen. Yeah. It's kind of weird because there are, website that they're building it off of instagram is basically a giant ad so i don't see why they can't just throw one more ad in 
for their platform. But, yeah. Well, it's because they, they'd be taking up ad space that they could be selling to someone else, you know? That's true. So that is an issue for them. So in the long run, I guess they're making more money like this. And yeah, well, I assume they will start marketing for it here in a bit. Um, but till then, yeah. By, by the time this comes out on, what is it, Tuesday the 18th? Yeah, I reckon they probably will have started doing that. So we'll, uh, we'll see uh, if it continues but i think it's i think it's going pretty well you know a lot of people have tried to make like alternate social media sites you know a lot of people have come for youtube people come for instagram people come for twitter you know parlor came for twitter mammoth came for twitter blue skies coming for twitter but i think this has been the most successful one so far and so i think it's just going to be uh interesting to see where it goes but i do have some gripes with it uh, since I've been using it, I don't know if you have any gripes you want to talk about that you've well, I haven't, seen. I haven't been using it. Yeah. If there, if there's just been like anything that, you, that you've seen or heard in the news or something like that, if you've got any gripes there. I've got nothing. I'm just okay. not tied to the platform. So okay. what did you find? Uh, what I found is that um, one of the big issues is that there's no drafts. There's so like, you know how you can like on Instagram and Twitter, you can. That's funny, though. It is. It is funny. It it feels very reminiscent of regular Twitter. But Twitter has drafts. Twitter has. So here here are some things that Twitter has that uh, here's how they compare. The errors in people's tweets are part of the part of the charm. Yeah. Uh, you can, but you can pay for, so uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Right. So, uh, here, so here's some like comparisons here and then I'll, I'll go over some of my gripes later, but obviously owned by two different people, you know, Elon owns Twitter, uh, Zuck the cuck owns threads. I don't know why I'm calling him Zuck the cuck. You know, he does sell our data to everyone and he's kind of a bastard like that, but you know, he's better than Elon. I don't know why I'm insulting him. Uh, but on threads, your post lengths are 500 characters for free, but on Twitter, you only get 280, uh, unless you pay for Twitter blue, uh, you can post hyperlinks on both. You can post photos on both. You can post five minute videos on Twitter or on, uh, threads, but two minutes, 20 seconds, uh, on Twitter for free, uh, verification, uh, yes via Instagram. So if your Instagram's verified, you're verified on threads. Uh, you have to pay for verification uh, or get some special legacy verification on Twitter. Um, you can still delete threads and tweets on both. Uh, no editing on threads. You can pay for editing on Twitter. Uh, there's no DMs on threads. There's no uh, trending stories on threads and there's no hashtags on threads which I think is kind of weird that there's no um, hashtags on threads because Instagram has them. That's true. Uh, and I, I kind of get why there's no DMs on threads, uh, but, like, because like, it would go through Instagram. So I kind of get that, but at the same time, I don't really. Like, I don't know how expensive it would be to get that. So, I mean, it's yeah. kind of just a public platform, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like there should be a way to access DMs 
from also, threads. It would, it would make Instagram direct messaging obsolete. I, I think you should be able to access the same things from both, right? Does that does that not make sense? Yeah, it like, does. Like, I just want to, like... If the two accounts able... are connected, why can't direct yeah. messages be connected on both? Yeah. Um, so no drafts. Um, switching accounts is a little annoying. Because you know how on Twitter or Instagram, you can just, like, press two buttons and, like, switch accounts? Right? Like for Twitter, you just open your sidebar, then you press the account you want to use. Boom, you're in. On Instagram, this is on mobile, by the way. Um, on uh, Instagram, you go to your profile, you press your name, and you switch accounts. On threads, you have to go to your account thing. Uh, here, I'll, I'll do it right now. I'll do, I'll do it right now. So you go to your account thing, like you would on Instagram. You open up your sidebar, then you press log out. And then it gives you a log out of your account. So you have to press that. And then you have to press uh, switch accounts and uh, pick the account you want to get into if it's not the the main one. Because it predicts that there's like a main one for you. Uh, so you so you can like press that one and log in. But if it's not that one that you're trying to get into, then you have to press another button. So all in all, it's a lot more buttons to change accounts. And I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the DMs are on Instagram and not on threads. And uh, my main, main gripe here, um, or at least the main gripe that I've been hearing is um, you can only delete your threads account by deleting your Instagram account. So once you create a threads account, it's like on there permanently, unless you get rid of your Instagram account as well. So that's oh. kind of annoying. Well, I guess you have to be very sure of your choice if yeah. you decide to join or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so far, I would say the pros outweigh the cons. Um, I like it. I just wish more people would sign up. I, I recommend it. Honestly, if you like Twitter, but you hate Twitter, uh, sign up. It's, it's, it's better in a lot of ways. It still has some ways to go, but... When they start adding new features and updating it, it should be pretty solid. Um, also, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's only days old, so yeah. And um, speaking of tech, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, something on. I wanted to talk about two things on YouTube. Uh, number one, just a, a thing that really grinds my gears. Um, have you ever noticed like when you're when you're on YouTube, right? Like you're you're logged in, you know, you're you're watching a video, right? And an ad comes up and you're on your phone, right? Um yes. you're watching a you're watching it in full screen, so horizontally, right? And a vertical ad comes up, right? And you know, it's like irrelevant or uh inappropriate or repetitive, right? So you go to report it, right? So you press the little button the little like I button, like the information button. But when you do that, it doesn't open it. It just switches back over to vertical. So you have to go over to vertical and then press the button. And by then the ads already played. So do you know, do you know why it does that? Why is that? So the way when, when they do that, it's because uh, YouTube gets more uh, ad like like people will want to buy more ads if more ads are watched all the way through 
So when they when they screw you out of that, they can uh, make it so that you're watching the ads all the way. So they're able to like be like, hey, more people are watching the ads all the way through. You should totally buy more ad space here. Uh, at least that's that's my understanding, if I recall correctly. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Because so, uh, yeah. the content creator did not make that choice. True. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a little it's a little annoying. I'm gonna be honest with you. But you know, like like I've been seeing a lot of fucking Jake Paul doing Rush Royale, and let me just say, if I never see Jake Paul or Rush Royale ever again, it will have been too soon, many, many, many months ago. That will have been too soon. It, the first time I saw it, it would have been too soon. Because that was... That was a bad experience, and I don't like it. <laughs> I fucking hate Jake Paul. Yeah. I guess yeah. if that's your introduction into it, mm-hmm. I would be upset too. Yeah. Um. Ah, shit. I was gonna... I kind of segued into YouTube, but I, I there was something I wanted to talk about that was blowing up on other social media. Do you mind if we backtrack, or sure. should we go? Or should tech. we go forward? It's still tech related. I guess. It is still tech related. Um, it's just a third point. Yeah. So tech related third point. Um, how do you feel? Did you see the Jonah Hill drama? Nope. With his ex. Okay. So. Uh, Jonah Hill's ex came out after a few years of them breaking up uh, and she was like he was like manipulative and narcissistic and misogynistic and uh, but he cured Kanye's anti-semitism he did he did fix he did fix it Um, man has done wrong yeah but uh, so his ex came out and accused him of being like manipulative and uh, 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 narcissistic, but she posted. That's not really like a, I don't know. Can you really accuse somebody of being narcissistic? Uh, I mean, I guess, yes, we will accept the fact that he is a narcissist, but I mean. I don't know. I don't know if it really sways my views on Jonah Hill. So, yeah. But (laughs) but here's the thing, right? So what she said is he was abusive and misogynistic and manipulative. Okay. Uh and she leaked some text messages. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send them to you. You guys, uh while you're while you're doing this, uh if you're driving, I I don't recommend you like you know pull up some texts from Jonah Hill. Don't don't Google it if you're like driving and listening to this, but uh, if you if you're you know you're sitting down you got your phone on you, um, yeah, uh, pull them up, you know. Yeah. Okay. Go go check them. I I, Let's I don't want to like the Jonah Hill drama. Yeah. So I sent them. I sent those to you on Instagram. But uh, for those of you who don't know, uh. Jonah Hill uh, was in a relationship with this woman named Sarah Brady. Uh, this was, I think, a couple of years ago because he's already been with a new woman and I think they already have a kid together. So this, is, this has been a while. Um, but 
his ex recently came out and was like, Hey, you're abusive and manipulative. And she leaked some text messages where he was like, Hey, I need you. Uh, I, I would prefer if you or like, I'm setting a boundary. Um, I need you to delete like some of these like photos, um, uh, certain like pictures, certain posts. And I need you to like, uh, uh, check like the, the, the like friendships slash like relationships you have with like other men. Right. So there, there, here's the list of things that he, that he says are like his boundaries. And, and here's, here's the, a quote. He says, plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, then I am not the partner for you. Uh, if these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for romantic partnership. Uh, my my boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. So I I have some opinions on this. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. And he says, you know, I've made my boundaries clear and you refuse to let go of some of them and you made that clear and I hope it makes you happy. Uh and he's like, uh, I respect your your stuff and the uh I have my own issues that I own. Uh uh, if you want marriage and family, you can't use the uh, 25 card step up and cut shit. These people don't get your time or your kindness at the sacrifice of mine. And I'm like, okay, so here, here's, here's how she's trying to frame it. She's trying to say that Jonah is forcing her to do this. And he's like, uh, he, somehow abusing her by saying, you need to do all of this right now. But what he's literally saying, and she's posting the screenshots of it, which is not really helping her case, which is that he is saying, hey, these are my boundaries in a romantic relationship. Uh, If you can't, uh, if living by them is too much for you, then we're not compatible. Uh, I'm happy for you and I support you, but I can't be in a romantic relationship like that. Literally, homeboy is having boundaries and people on the internet, mostly women, mostly feminists, are shit-talking him for it. And all I, I, I don't want to sound like the stereotypical, like, podcasting white guy, you know? I don't want to sound like a, like a, uh, Aiden Ross or an Andrew Tate or a Sneeko or whatever. Yeah, so saying this should absolve you But being associated. Is that all what you're saying? I, all I'm saying is it's not very feminist to say that about a man who wants to have his own boundaries if you want men to be open and honest about their feelings. And also, if it was a woman doing this, if a man leaked a woman's text messages like this, they, the, no one, no one would be clowning on her. Everyone would be like, all right, fair enough. Those are her boundaries right? You know, if he doesn't like it, he can, he can leave, you know, that that's just how it is. Again, nobody would be shit talking this if a woman said it, but a man said it. And so all of a sudden people have problems. And I think there's a bit of a double standard there that shouldn't exist. And that, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. 
but that that's I needed to talk about that because I think it's that's a fucked up situation, and I think it's bullshit that uh, a man can't express his own boundaries without being labeled abusive or narcissistic, right? Yeah, because I... he literally said she was free to leave. She was free to leave. You know. He literally said he would support her. He just can't be in a relationship like that, man. Like, Yeah, this seems very private. It is very private. And I think uh, Homegirl is mad. You know, she's a professional surfer. Yeah. But he is motherfucking Jonah Hill. He's motherfucking super bad. He's motherfucking 21 and 22 Jump Street. You know, she. what has she got that's like equal to him the most clout she's ever gotten is from dating him so it it feels like she's coming out to and and trying to start shit because she misses the clout of being with jonah hill that that's just how it is that's just what it seems like because homie did nothing wrong and now everybody's shit talking him because everybody loves to shit talk a, a white dude you know or just a dude in general, because people are uh, shit talking the uh, 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 what is it, Kiki Palmer's guy, and that that one's a little more indefensible because he's like, "You a mom?" But he, she's the mother of your. Are, are you familiar with that drama? Nope. Okay. You enlighten everyone. So again, th- this one's a little bit older than the Jonah Hill stuff, but um, so Kiki Palmer, uh, she was in. Uh, nope by Jordan Peele if you're familiar um, uh, she went to a show in Vegas I think it was Usher yeah she went to an Usher show I think yeah I think it was in Vegas uh, it was definitely an Usher show might have been in Vegas either way she sort of went in this very revealing outfit and she's a new, recent mom with some guy I don't I don't know who he is uh Literally, again, it, it's like the whole, the only clout they have is from dating a more famous person, right? And, okay. Uh, so she, she went out in this like revealing outfit and, you know, Usher, there's like this viral video of like Usher, you know, serenading her, right? And instead of being like, hey, Usher, do you mind fucking off? She's taken. He comes at Kiki for wearing that revealing outfit. So everyone's kind of clowning on him. Right. And I'm like, if he had come at Usher instead of Kiki, that would have been a lot more defensible, but like, come on, man. So like, I I kind of get why people are clowning on him, but I also think that, uh, even if he had come at Usher, there would have been women being like, don't be so insecure you know like he's just singing to her and eh, it was a little it it was a little bit more than singing you you know what i mean yeah i think i mean in either situation these things are not of serious consequence because they're i mean they're over i feel like they're a little more harmless over text than if they did something yeah well the problem was the guy um uh, Kiki Palmer's, whatever he is, I don't know if they're married or not, baby daddy, um, he literally, he, he posted it on Twitter. Like he, he retweeted the video and he was like, and he, and he was talking shit on his, 
on his baby mama. And uh, that, that was a little bit fucked up, you know, cause that, that was like, they made that public, but uh, when it was like Jonah Hill, the Jonah Hill thing, that was already private, you know, that could have stayed private and she chose to make it public. But like, God, that is, that is super, you know, I, I, a thing that I have noticed, I don't want to, again, I, I, I don't want to be on my soapbox all the time, but, uh, if a man has boundaries or, uh, like wants to, uh, uh, or like has like insecurities or is vulnerable, you know? People will come out of their way and talk shit about them. You know, people say that, hey, you know, we don't, we don't want toxic, toxic masculinity anymore, but, and, and we want vulnerable men. But when men come out and they be vulnerable, you know, that's people, people start talking shit on them. Right. And so what I've, what I've found, the way I describe it, and you can tell me if this is true for you, but okay, people don't want vulnerable men. They don't want like uh, uh, less toxic men. They want the idea of that, if that makes sense, right? Like they want they want the like the glamorized Hollywood image of a vulnerable man, uh, not like what it actually is, you know. Um, I guess I I, I kind of see what you mean. It's like people have an image of what an ideal uh, version of a vulnerable man is. Yeah. And, uh, and when they get the actual version, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it comes down to people don't know what they want. And I think that's a, that's just true like everywhere. People... I would say the defining characteristic of humanity is that they don't know what they want. Uh, your mileage may vary on that. What What do you think about that? Um, I mean, this guy, Jonah Hill, is telling her kind of in a way that she shouldn't live her lifestyle. I mean, she he is doing it with a lot of I think he's doing it with a, 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 f- a fair enough understanding of what his boundaries are. Yeah, he, he's saying, saying that. So yeah. he's not saying, yeah, he's not saying that she can't live that way. He, he literally said that he supports her if she does want to live that way, but he can't be in a relationship like that. Yeah, so basically it felt like she was uploading text of him breaking up with her, which is like kind of all it seems to be and i i mean like people can have their own opinions about that but i don't think that has that really builds on the conversation on whether it's good or bad what he did it's just kind of what he did is break up with her (laughs) oh yeah some something like that which Um, like like fair like i mean if you if you need to do that then you know break up with that person i don't exactly i don't i don't don't know i mean like 
I guess you can feel upset about it, but like the yeah, I don't think it's fair to get you know random anonymous people on the internet to back you up in this breakup because uh like what <laughs> it just yeah it's like it does it matter does it really need to matter yeah i just you know homeboy homeboy's got boundaries homeboy's got issues you know he he said as much in the text you know he he, he's got his own issues exactly yeah. yeah and and he has boundaries and people will talk shit People will say that, you know, men need to set boundaries, they need to be open, they need to be emotionally honest. But when they are, and it doesn't go the way of the woman, uh, they will get pissy about it. And there are more serious instances of this that I'm not going to, you know, bring up. Because yeah, I wasn't this gonna... this podcast needs to be <laughs> we we have a tone going on this podcast and that's about as serious as I want to go. We do not want to get like I too would, serious with that I shit. Associate it with all women, but all, a disturbing oh. amount, a disturbing proportion of women do not respect uh, the boundaries of men. And and I would certainly hope not. That's a lot of people on the planet that are women it's it, it is a disturbing proportion and i you know i've asked a lot of uh 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 strangers i've i've asked some of my friends you know like hey has there ever been a woman who didn't respect your boundaries or like uh when you said you didn't want something and they kept pushing and guilting and like coercing you you know has that happened and a lot of men have said yes so it's either a few women who are repeat offenders or a lot of women who do it like once or twice. And either way, it's it's a scary amount. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. And I don't want to stay on my fucking soapbox anymore. So I want to change the subject. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, uh, can, we, uh, can we talk about the Ahsoka trailer? yeah is this is this your transition went from tech to uh well that that is kind of tech there was like some twitter issues about like videos and stuff yeah not not some news i've heard of uh well it just released yesterday um do you want to so so you haven't watched it yet what the Ahsoka trailer. I have. Oh, you have. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, let's. Uh, I was going to make you watch it during the ad break, and then we can come back and discuss. But okay, well, we can now you've already watched it, it. After. I mean, do you want to talk about it after the ad break? Anyway, we do still need to talk about it after the ad break. Yes. <laughs> um. Thank you guys for uh, sticking with us so far, and uh, uh, enjoy we'll the right ads, back. and we'll be right back. Since I moved out on my own. I've been working on trying to stay healthy by avoiding fast foods and fatty meals, as well as keeping my hydration up. I know how bad it feels when you're severely dehydrated, and it really helps to have some help keeping your water and electric electrolyte levels in check. That's where today's sponsor, Liquid IV, comes in. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. 
and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and twice the hydration speed from water alone, plus three times the electrolytes of a traditional sports drink. You can use it first thing in the morning, as part of your workout routine, after a long night out, or on long flights. Anywhere you need hydration, you can use Liquid IV. I particularly recommend it due to the festival and concert season starting, since partying all day in the hot sun really makes you sweat. Liquid IV is also made with premium, non-GMO ingredients, and is free from gluten, dairy, and soy. They are also partnered with many organizations providing protections for water access worldwide, donating over 39 million servings to over 50 countries worldwide. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code IIHSPODCAST at checkout. All one word, by the way. Uh, That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code IIHSPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Go check it out at the link in our description. Thank you to Liquid IV for giving us a sponsorship. This episode has been generously sponsored by skunknuggetparenting.com run by my own talented mother parenting is hard sometimes kids and parents are like night and day it can be very hard to get on the same page with them and a lot of parents have anxiety that maybe they're doing it all wrong luckily there is a service out there that can help skunk nugget parenting solutions is a company that provides parent coaching services resource referrals and psychological profiling along with 24-7 phone and text access in an all-virtual program. Plus, the first consultation is free. In order to get this amazing service, please visit skunknuggetparenting.com. That is skunknuggetparenting.com. Thank you to Skunk Nugget Parenting Solutions for sponsoring this episode. Thank you all for listening. And now, back to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka trailer. How do we feel? Yeah, I mean, I feel good about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, Mary Elizabeth Winstead still doesn't look great as, as Hera still, still. I think it's, I mean, for practical effects, it doesn't look that bad honestly yeah i mean and... you can i i don't know i don't uh, there's been kind of a flip-flop on you know the choices of whether to use practical effects or special effects to create these aliens and i think what they did on the makeup is pretty good um i think the casting is really cool for these people i think they have a lot of material to go off of to portray these characters that goes for everyone Mm -hmm. i mean we'll have to see how their performance actually holds up of course but yeah i mean yeah she's definitely probably one of the more promising people cast she's a great actress she's a great actress exactly i just don't like the design yeah i mean i'm i'm very confused as to what you can like about it since you don't like the show that the virtually the entire cast of characters comes from. I I just don't like the way the blue eyes looks with the green and that's not what her natural eye color is. I mean, Uh -uh. what, 
what is the character's normal eye color? Because I actually blue, but it looked it better is. in animation. Hera, all right, Hera looks good in Rebels. There are two designs that I like in Rebels. One of those is Hera, <laughs> and the other you don't is like Kanan. Most of them, I yeah, but the two that I like are Hera and Kanan, and you know. They, they they didn't nail what I liked about Hera because Hera looks better in animation. I don't. Maybe it's just that you can't really make a Twi'lek look that good, especially green with the blue eyes. I think it's it has to be the eyes. I think it's the eyes. I mean that's fair. If yeah. if the eyes are putting you off, like yeah, it's uncanny valley shit. It's it's just uncanny valley shit. I don't like it. Her eyes are not that color. And it doesn't look right. Well, yeah, they're clearly not. But, I mean... And they're, like, unnaturally blue. If they were just normal blue, it'd be fine. But they're not. And it's it's just, it's unsettling, and I don't like it. Yeah, well, I think it's a nice, like, cross from the animated show into this live-action show yeah, that we're gonna get. I guess. But, I don't know. Yeah, I am excited for it, personally. I think it's cool that we're getting some follow-up on these characters after... Uh, I hope... Uh, maybe, I don't know how many years, but quite a lot. Yeah, I hope Timothy Zahn gets some creative input on the show. Since Thrawn really is his baby, you know? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I think he was consulted for... like Rebels? Yeah. And they made him write like a whole trilogy, another whole trilogy. That's he, true. Yeah. I don't think he was too happy about that, but he did do it. He did, and I, I've heard they're not quite as good, but you know, it's still Timothy Zahn. It's still Thrawn. It's still yeah. pretty good. I mean, it's a different story. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Even when Timothy Zahn's phoning it in, he's still pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Um, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, man. Rosario Dawson, um, I still think her little head things are still not big enough, but that's fine. Um, how do we feel about Sabine? I feel like they they're spoiling the show a little bit because especially since they showed the what looks to be like it's going to be the final fight between Ahsoka and the Inquisitor in the forest and guess who that inquisitor is it's ezra a hundred percent i'm telling you right fucking now there's a reason he's in the fucking mask it's ezra Th- that's gonna be the big reveal i'm telling I, you right now i don't know why they're showing this much of the show i feel like they could show other parts of the show and like yeah i feel like maybe it's not just not that long most of it. i feel like it's just not gonna be that long yeah you know? six episodes isn't it yeah you know, it's it's just going to be, like, over and done real quick. Well. And we're getting a two-episode premiere, so it's only going to be five weeks, right? Interesting. So it's just going to be, like, over and done, like a fart in the whirlwind, bro. It's Yeah. I mean, I also feel like it could be possible that they're showing stuff from only the first three episodes. Maybe. But I don't know where they could go from there. Because that looks like a lot. Unless those first three episodes are long as fuck. I don't know where else they can go from there. But that's what they did with Mando. You know, we barely got to see 
the rest of Mando, you know, we, we didn't get to see any of the, like, uh, uh, Mandalore stuff in, well, we did get to see some of the Mandalore stuff in Django or in what in Mando, but, um, uh, in, uh, like we, we didn't get to see any of like the new Mandalorian super soldiers that the empire has or, or that monster. We still don't know what that fucking monster was. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the third season doesn't hold up compared to the first two, but that's probably kind of not off, but off the subject of the trailer. I think there's very few shows that the third season is better than the first two. Um, I think Clone Wars was one of them. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Rebels probably, you know, season, season three was a little bit better than the first two. I liked, I like the dark saber stuff, the mall stuff. It's all pretty good. Yeah, Sam Witwer really carries it. Trials, yeah, yeah, definitely good. Good yeah. part of the 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 whole overall show. I don't know, but we're that's like focusing on Star Wars shows in particular. Which, I was I gonna mean, say Community. Community kinda... has a. I I would say Community's third season is better than the first season but worse than season two mm. how, how would you agree with that haven't watched it <gasps> you haven't watched community what the fuck are you doing Not what are you what are you it. doing with your life man it's so good it's, so i've heard so i've heard that we need to do <laughs> oh uh iihs watch part I, I know it is but it's worth it six seasons in a movie dude the movie hasn't come out yet, but when it does, we're doing all six seasons. There we go. Um, um, yes. Moving on. Uh, oh, the E-Wing is back. We, we saw three classic vehicles from Star Wars in this. We got the, the, the T-6 shuttle that Ahsoka has. Yeah, it's cool to see these in live action because we've never seen them. I don't like what they, before. what they did with the, um, the Ata class. Uh, that's the other Jedi shuttle. Um, that one looked awesome. I don't like the cockpit because I like the, the little ball cockpit and it doesn't have the ball cockpit. And I feel like that's like the most defining design element. Really? It doesn't. It looked like it did. It's more cone shaped. It's more like, um, it's more like the one that the bad batch uses. And I'm just not as much of a fan of that. I guess, I guess when they had that shit off dog, I guess when they had it in the, cartoon show just i don't know yeah it was it was easier to do it like that i don't i i just i think it's iconic i think it's iconic and i like it shut up dog um yeah i i i think that's that's a good design and the e-wing is back how do you feel about that um i feel like i haven't seen that ship in like a long time yeah i I'm gonna I'm gonna say oh. something. The ship is a lot like um, I don't know old. It's like a ship design from the old Republic. Obviously, if, it's from post. Yeah, that's a cool ship. Cool. I'm gonna say something, and you know, people might agree with me. You know, I I know a lot of people like the E-wing. I hate it. I can't stand it. I think it looks too much like. 
some they shit the, from like they give the astromech a seat. They give him a whole chair. Yeah, I he also don't have like to the sit outside the ship. I don't like the R seven astromech droid either, but that's from Legends, and I think it looks uh, ugly, ugly as sin. So. Like, like the special astromech droid for the E-Wing looks stupid and I hate it. The one that we have in this one looks better, but I, yeah, I really don't like um, the E-Wing. I think it looks like a generic sci-fi spaceship that was inspired by Star Wars rather than an actual Star Wars design. It looks like some shit from Battlestar Galactica, if that makes sense, you know? I guess, but I feel like I'm... I feel more familiar with the design because I've seen ships that look like it in other Star Wars mediums. Yeah, it it looks like a rip-off X-Wing is what it is. So are like half of the ships yes. that they use. So However... What, what's the whole... What's the big deal? What's the big deal if all these ships feel like X-Wing knockoffs? Like... It doesn't look cool. It doesn't feel Star Warsy enough. It feels I mean, like Battlestar, and I don't I mean, like Battlestar. I don't know. I feel like you could make a criticism on all the shuttles having like the same design. Well, that's because they're all designed by the same people. They're all part of the same line. Yeah, I think it's like the know, Absidarian line. The Star Wars line. <laughs> it's, it's, shut up. Uh, but they're all made by the same people, and they're all part of the same... like. So why can't the E-Wing be part of this? Because it doesn't look... I I understand why it looks like a rip-off X-Wing. I'm just saying it it looks like a rip-off X-Wing in a bad way, right? It looks like somebody else in some other franchise was like, hmm, well, we can't use the X-Wing, so let's just make something that looks like it, but, like, not. And they did that. And I don't like it. And I think it looks stupid. Um... But you know that we're we're really we're really focusing hard on that. We should we should talk about um, uh, how do we feel about the villains? Apparently, Ray Steven- uh, uh, First of all, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. Rest um, in peace. Um, apparently, his character knew Anakin during the prequels, which since yeah, he's that apparently was information a f- given. Yeah. So this man's old. Um. But it's cool. I mean, like, I like this. New characters. New stories. Um, it. You haven't watched Rebels, but I think some of the most interesting... I have. I've watched uh, most of Rebels. Yeah, but you haven't watched the whole show. And what happens in this show, in Rebels at least, is some of the most bizarre Star Wars content Oh, I know. I'm well aware. There's sentient wolves that are maybe literal force gods. Uh, There's time travel. Um, Yeah. Whatever the fuck Bendu was. Uh, Yeah, I'm well aware of the wacky shit that goes on in Rebels. But that's all really cool. I like the idea of the, I don't know the force being explored in these ways instead if of, they put time travel in star wars it, i'm it's done probably, with star wars it's probably some of the most uh i mean i don't know i think it's i think it's a cool direction for because I, I mean because <sighs> like the force as a concept can literally do anything 
I feel like it 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 should be allowed to do that, and like the whole purpose of like stories in the Star Wars universe are to explore what are the the extent of power the Force has on the on the galaxy. I already think the Night Sisters have a little bit too much power because they can like teleport and shit. You know, they can open like literal fucking portals. And, and teleport yeah. and shit and they can like, reanimate the dead well that that's easy right all you'd have to do is like just use the force and work it like a marionette right you know just move the arm to make a punch you know that's that's easy right but with uh i don't know why somebody can't like move their entire body from one place to another you that's can it's called walking <laughs> it's easy I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that the they can kind of write whatever they want into their universe. I know, but it just it there comes a, a line that breaks it for me. You know, teleporting matter in the sequels that was a little bit too much for me. But uh, you know, it was the dyad. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was they kind of that thing. kind of just made its own rules. I mean, some of the stuff was ridiculous, but like it for me. They didn't have anything to do with the force exactly. Like you I, know, I think like this, they... the, the the key knife thing was probably like like I mean, of all the dumb things in the movie, I put it at the top. How but... how so? I that's easily explainable. They just went there and they were like, Okay, there's where it is. We should probably make a map just in case we lose the uh the thing and we want to get another wayfinder i know. mean but that knife is supposed to be like i don't know it's yeah the just... blade is old but that part of the handle is new they, they just added that they oh. they yeah they that was an add-on that, that, they didn't make that millions of years ago and just be like someday when somebody builds the second version of a planet destroying moon uh and it crashes on this one ocean planet we're going to need this. So we're going to put this in thousands of years before, and then it'll yeah. make sense. They didn't do that. They just added that in post. You know? But they still added it? Is yeah. what you're telling me? Just Dude, to... that's, the, that's the plot point I have a problem with, though. So okay. it's a part of it anyway. All right. Last Crusade. There's a literal X marks the spot in the fucking library to tell you where the... Uh, tomb of sir richard is yeah but they excuse it by saying it's a roman numeral so yeah it yes it's the roman pass. numeral for 10 but why would they put that there why would it be like that why would they know. leave a map to the tomb of the guy if they want to not have the location of the holy grail if they're trying to hide it they why would they roman leave a map all over the library there's just like i don't know it's just it's just all the way it is for whatever reason it's fine why would they in raiders of the lost ark leave a medallion to find the ark of the covenant if first of all the egyptians who had it got literally all of them killed to a one by literal god why would god who killed all of them leave a medallion to find the ark of the covenant there's so, a bunch of shit that so we excuse. Kill some Nazis. 
See, there's a bunch of shit that we excuse in these movies that we probably shouldn't excuse, but because it's in certain newer movies, we are watching them and we're, we're less excusing of it because we didn't grow up with it. When it when Last Crusade, when we were watching Last Crusade as kids, that was just given, right? When we watched Raiders as kids, that was just a given, right? But so now you know, we can now we have to question it. So yeah, now we're questioning it because it didn't come out when we were kids and it was just, you know, well, that's just how it is, you know? It's been around since 1981, you know, that's just how it is, right? I I think if you just accept the idea that they wanted a map to go there just in case they needed it, but they wanted to leave it mostly undisturbed. You know, that's pretty easy explanation. You know? I guess. Cause, yeah. Because, I mean, as it turns out, those wayfinders are pretty easy to destroy, considering once Ray goes there, finds the wayfinder... Literally, she fucking drops it, and Ben Solo crushes it in his motherfucking hand, which is kind of metal as fuck, honestly. I yeah, I think that's I Ben Solo's just a fucking G. He he really, you know, I like those movies, but I will admit that he fucking carried. That is a hard carry. He was he was the best part of those movies by a lot. Yeah, he's always very fun on screen. He's so... Adam Driver's just great. It was really funny to uh, watch him in Black Klansman just, like, saying just the worst shit. It was so fucking funny. That was... That was a really, really funny movie. hmm Yeah. Uh, how do... Oh, we watched Secret Invasion Episode 4. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> this is going to be long. God damn it. Um, uh, yeah, Secret Invasion Episode 4. Yep. How do we feel about it? Spoilers. We're just jumping right into it. Well, spoilers. It's it's people getting shot a lot. I feel like every, somebody's been shot at the end of every episode. Not episode and... two. Oh, Ep- yeah. Yeah. It, that was just Nick Fury got fired and went home and made out with his wife. So every episode but the second episode, and there are four episodes, and with somebody getting shot at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So um, is that creative as a show? I, I don't think so. I think they're leaning on that a little bit much. Um, also, the death fake out for fucking Gaia pissed me off. Like, I get why, and I, and I understand the explanation, but that being said, I hated it. It sucked. I hated it so much. Um, just the yeah, idea... I yeah. I didn't really care for it. Um, yeah. Not not great. Not not the best. But I don't know. I feel like I don't... I'm not very interested in the whole story yeah there's no fucking superheroes there's no fucking superheroes it's just graphic their main antagonist is not a very compelling villain he's all yeah also him not a very compelling villain so we have no villains barely any fucking heroes 
it's such a nothing show. They could have done like something to build on like the the conflict between him and Fury, but they don't really have anything. No, because they just and introduced him to, to be, this show. They're supposed to be like fighting against. Well, they could do something in the show to establish something, but they didn't. They have they've like they did something when like he was a kid and yeah. Fury was nice to him, and now we're just supposed to buy into the fact that he's a bad guy. So yeah, he uh, had like no setup. There was no setup for him. He's just like, yep, here he is. Here's the main villain. There, there he is. There's Gravik. Like one of his yeah. first scenes, it's just him sitting in a fucking cafeteria. That, that, that's just it. That's him. That's our main villain of the show. Just sitting in a fucking cafeteria. Mm-hmm. You know, he's almost as bad a villain as fucking Carly the Flag Smasher from, yeah, from, from Falcon and Winter Soldier. That was ass. He's an ass villain. He sucks. Yeah, so in short, live-action Marvel shows, not, not heat. I don't, Loki was good. Loki was really good. WandaVision was pretty good. You know, they've they've done good shows before. Yeah, but they've also released like I this don't know, eight, Falcon so and the Winter Soldier. So many shows in the span of two years. Yeah, you you didn't like She Hulk. I thought She Hulk was pretty okay. I liked Hawkeye. I liked Hawkeye. I liked Moon Knight. I like Moon Knight a lot. I'm a I'm a big Moon Knight fan, but I like Moon Knight a lot. Oscar Isaac I, is a fucking king. He's a, that's another actor who is carrying they the sequels. Changed, they could have changed the um, how they released the show to get better reception. Maybe, it. yeah, but I don't I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I I I I think a lot of good shows have been. Uh, put out and i think this is disappointing this is in the bottom two honestly and not even fucking samuel l jackson don Cheadle, olivia coleman colby smolders ben mendelson amelia clark not even this star-studded cast can save it and that's really frustrating Mm -hmm. you know it's a cool premise but it's just it doesn't work when there are no fucking superheroes the whole point of Secret Invasion is fucking superheroes, man. I'm kind of just tired of superheroes. I'm not. Uh, did you see the Superman casting? We forgot to talk about it last week, didn't we? But Superman casting. Yeah, Rachel Bronstadt. Is that her name? Let's Yeah, so let's see. Uh, we got... She's, she's a good actress. I think she could do a great Lois Lane. David Sweat. I mean, I kind of see it, but eh. Rachel Brosnan, um, uh, Nathan Fillion is Guy Gardner. Uh, they casted, uh, what was it? Darwin from X-Men First Class as, shit, I he forgot did, who it was going to be. He did like virtually nothing in that movie. I know, that was sad. Because he's a good actor. I like him. But um, Darwin's so powerful. Yeah, Darwin. Yeah, the one character who can't die, and they killed him. Uh, Otherwise, that movie is pretty solid. Yeah. So this this was just announced, I think today, um, today or yesterday. But 
uh, yeah, David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnan are Superman and Lois Lane, but uh, Isabella Merced is Hot Girl. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah Darwin seems, from. This sounds like a big movie. It is. It's gonna be huge. Nathan Fillion's in it, man. I fucking love Nathan Fillion. Can I just say how much I love Nathan Fillion? Like, I don't really like cop procedurals. I think they're all really fucking generic. But you like the rookie? No, I like Castle. I do not like the rookie. I like Castle. Castle was fucking great. I miss it so much. How many of these cop shows was Nathan Fillion in? Just two, but he was really good in Castle. And he and I also like the Mentalist, even though the the Mentalist is very formulaic. I I really they're both very formulaic, but they have really good main characters and really good performances, and and that's that's what I like. It's just very very good performances, but um, yeah, uh, uh, Darwin from X Men First Class, he's going to be playing uh, Mister Terrific, so that's cool. Good for him. Hopefully, he gets a bigger part. Um, I'm I'm ex- I for one am ready for our new dc universe yeah i i mean it's gonna be better than the old one i mean don't get me wrong a lot of what was set up in the snyderverse from his one movie alone was cool yeah. but uh, yeah. none of none of the other movies following that have really been you know on that promise <laughs> so it's yeah. just kind of fell flat since then yeah um yeah, definitely not not a big fan of that. It's kind um, of a mess. Aquaman has people walking out of their early test screenings. So what's... oh, n- really? Yeah. Ooh, I'm not excited for that. Uh, um. Oh, Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's gonna be. That's gonna be the next episode, isn't it? Where we where we go and see that? That's gonna yep. be. Are you excited? Um. Yeah. I am. I I hope they make Oppenheimer look like a little bitch. I, I hope they make him look like as much of a little bitch as possible. Because it's Maybe. literally me when the bomb I designed to kill people kills people. You know? It's... it's Oppenheimer was a bitch. I could have kicked his ass. If he was still alive, I'd kick his ass. He's a bitch. I don't like yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, I think the the situation where you have a country doing what they did in that war or, you know, every, yeah. it just, you know, if yeah, they're it, doing that during the war, you, there comes a point where you just gotta be like, suck it up, buttercup. You're getting nuked. You know? There's, yeah. Some drastic measures had yeah. to be taken to, to end the war. Exactly. So I don't know. I think the movie will be fun. Christopher Nolan, you know, great. Director. I think Christopher Nolan is the most uh fucking up his own ass motherfucker in the whole world when it comes to directing movies. So hopefully if he uh takes his head out of his ass for a second and you know gets a gets a deep breath of oxygen before he goes back up there, uh it might be a pretty good movie. But if it's just going to be pretentious wank all over the fucking cinema I'm going to get covered in splooge. You know, I think Barbie might be better. You know, Barbie's yeah, I, looking really good. 
No, it's really fun to to watch both those movies and then yeah. So just give a yeah. Judge, just so you guys judge both movies based on comparing the other. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though they probably have like nothing in common with each other. Well, yeah, that's the that's the whole point. But just so you guys know, we're doing Barbie uh, and Oppenheimer, but we're we're each doing it in a different order. So for me, I'm going to see Oppenheimer first and then Barbie second. He is going for to go some see reason. Uh, Barbie first and then Oppenheimer second. Well, because I wanted to do the opposite and also the scheduling worked out better. Because uh, there wasn't really a good time on Thursday for me to go see um, Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, one after the other. Uh, and then I didn't want to wait until like Saturday or Sunday because that would, wouldn't give us enough time to record the episode. So I wanted to just go and, and get it out of the way early. Are you going on Thursday or are you going on Friday? Friday. Okay. That's what I figured. All right. So that's, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing Barbie and Oppenheimer. Very exciting. Now I wanted to switch gears. This episode's already gone, uh, already on track to be a little bit long. So let's just make it like two fucking hours. Might as well. There's yeah, a little treat not? for you. There's a little treat for you. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. Um, I, so I, I had a little realization today. Um, and, and I asked Maxwell before we watched secret invasion together, I was like, I need you to think about what do you think is the best year for music? Uh, cause we're both old heads, you know, Matt, uh, Max, you're, you're, 60s and 70s more so i would yeah. if i recall correctly your your dad's big on the 60s and 70s um if i recall correctly and i i'm a bit more 80s um so i i've picked out my year uh have you picked out yours sure i've okay. picked a year okay um so for me my favorite year for music is uh can i get a drum roll drum roll all right 1987 uh what's yours uh i was gonna pick i don't know 60 67 maybe i don't know it's one year of music (laughs) yeah i see 1987 i a lot of people don't recognize it is a stacked year for music. Mm-hmm. Like, here, here are some albums that came out in 1987. Uh, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. That might be the best album of all time, right? Like, come on. It's Appetite for Destruction. Bad by Michael Jackson. Joshua Tree, U2. Slippery When Wet, Bon Jovi. Uh, Hysteria, Def Leppard. Uh... Uh, Whitney Houston uh, uh, title album, self-titled. Um, That's what it's called? Well, it's called Whitney. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, uh, White Snake, uh, White Snake by White Snake, uh, Faith, George Michael, Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue, Kick by NXS, Permanent Vacation by Aerosmith. Like, that stacked year. That is a stacked year year right is 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 that not just crazy it's it's insane like like think about the songs from these from these albums right you know you got the one two three combo 
uh, from Appetite for Destruction. You got Sweet Child, Paradise City, and Welcome to the Jungle. You know, all three of those. If if you're if your album, if you release an album in a year that has all three of those songs on it, it's gonna be one of the one of the best years in music, just period. Right? But then you also got uh Here I Go Again, Girls, 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 Wild Side, I Wanna Dance with Somebody, Never Tear Us Apart, Bad, Smooth Criminal, Man in the Mirror, Animal, Pour Some Sugar on Me, Love Bites, Ragdoll, Dude Looks Like a Lady, With or Without You, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And I've had the time of my life because remember, Dirty Dancing came out in 87 as well. It's crazy. It is a fucking stacked year, dude. I mean, but, yeah, that's, that's all pretty big music. It's gr- fucking classics, man. I'll give you that. You know? and But I also noticed... One second. I got I got a dry mouth from, <laughs> from talking about all that. Uh, all that music you just dropped. And and yet, literally, literally the best song of all time, "Sweet, Sweet Child of Mine." I, I, I will go on record. I'm gonna officially say it. Uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" is the greatest song ever released by a human being. Uh, probably will ever be released by a human being. It is perfection. That that is a perfect song. Um, but also, there is the anti "Sweet Child of Mine." The worst song ever released by a human. Uh, and it also released in 1987. And I think I've oh, talked great. about it before. Just I think I've talked about Yeah, I think I've talked about it to you before. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. But it the worst song in human history. Do you want to any guesses at all? I don't know. It's actually from one of those albums that I mentioned. And I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, actually. Probably from you. All right, let's hear it. Uh, the Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson. Um, the worst song. Period. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take too much offense by that. It is a bad song. It is everything bad about the late 80s and uh, 1990s just all rolled up into one into one song because the the 90s were like the worst decade for uh uh, music they were pretty goddamn bad i mean yeah i mean i'm not gonna like it's not it's not the same as like other michael jackson songs so (laughs) it's not good it's really bad like i like man in the mirror you know man in the mirror is cheesy and cringe and it's very 90s in a bad way you know, it's 87, of course, but it, it, it's very 90s in a bad way. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's miles better than the way you make me feel. Because that is just a meandering song. It just, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just, it's bad. It's bad. It just, from like note one, from frame one, it is just unappealing to listen to. And I hate it. And I hate it so much. It is not fun, and I don't like it, and I want to die every time I hear it. I see. Well, it's bad. There you have it. Uh, I mean, what came out in '67 that you're uh uh, well, uh so I, I big on? I didn't do the same kind of research that you did for like all the music, but uh, I'd say. 
I don't know. Probably one of the reasons I liked. Uh, I there were Beatles the... albums in '67, if I recall that's correctly. Tr- that's right. I'm kind of running off of that, but uh, uh, probably not their best album, though. Uh, I don't know. I think Sgt. Pepper's came out. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, Sgt. Pepper's is. <laughs> if you wanted to say that Sgt. Pepper's is their best album, I, yeah, I wouldn't agree, but I would understand it. Um, but it's pretty big for music. Uh, there's a Beach Boys a, a album. Of, a lot of people were influenced by that one album alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, Smiley Smile by the Beach Boys. You know, that's that's there. Uh, Magical Mystery Tour. That's a... Also part of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, well, you got... all that one album. You got... You literally got Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, Hello Goodbye, and All You Need Is Love on that album. Plus you got Sgt. Peppers. That's a good one. Whew. Yeah, that that was a pretty good, pretty good year. <laughs> All right, well, it, that's my answer. It's it's yeah, but how about sixty nine though? Um, I mean the music was okay. Led Zeppelin two, Green River, Abbey Road, Let It Bleed, some good ass albums. The the. Are you sure I can't? Oh, shit. In the Court of the Crimson King came out in 69. Oh, hell yeah. That's way better. That's the, yeah. I hate to break it to you, but ain't, ain't shit going to compare to King Crimson. I'm sorry. I'm I mean, sorry. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it as a toss up between 69 and 67. Cause that, that, yeah. Cause that was like the last like year of the Beatles, man. You know, you got, you got your Abbey Road. Yeah. That was like the last big one. But I don't think it's I don't think it's nearly as powerful as uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Probably not. But it's so iconic, though. It's so iconic, though. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. It's it's really good. The, the with the Beatles, right? Like when it when it comes to the Beatles and shit, you know, they. They really like spread their best like songs out, you know. It, it's hard to pick a, a favorite album because all of their songs are like all spread out on different albums, you know. You got like Help, Help's got a couple of good singles, you know, Yesterday, Help itself obviously. Um I I've always been been a big fan of Act Naturally, you know, even though it's a Ringo track. Uh I, I grew up on that one. That one's that one's entirely nostalgia, but you know. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so there there's my answer to your question. I mean, looks like you put a lot more thought into this than I did. I did. I I just I, I noticed there were so many good fucking albums that came out that year, man. Eighty seven? Eighty seven. Hysteria Hysteria by Def Leppard. That's a that's a standout, you know. Like, oh, uh, you know, that 
But I, I say that's a standout. But again, Appetite for Destruction, Joshua Tree, bad. You know, White Snake 87, man. There's so many good albums that came out that year. And next year, the, the year after, 1988, that was probably like the best year to be listening to the radio. Because it was all music from 87. Yes. And also there were some pretty good uh, uh, tracks that did come out in 88. You know, um, uh, uh, th- this is actually uh, topical. Um, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Yes. Uh, are, you're familiar? Um, that that was 88. Uh, yeah, Tracy Chapman, Tracy Chapman. That was uh 1988 album. But uh, y- did you hear the new Luke Combs cover? Nope. That's like, yeah. Apparently it's good. Um, it's like topping the charts right now. I don't pay attention to uh, pop music anymore. Uh, that that period ended Clearly. for me in like Clearly 2019. Your mind's, your mind's on the 80s. <laughs> I, I mean, my mind's always been on the 80s. Uh, both of my parents, my, my dad was 17 and my mom was 14 in uh, the summer of 1980, 1987. So like it, it was literally like a, a perfect storm for me to, you know, love that year for music. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, it, it, half of it's you know because i was raised on it but like the other half is just it's really good it's a really good year man that was it's an incredible year right yeah yeah a lot of good music you listed off yeah i know they're like really normie answers but like come on they're classics i want to dance with somebody man like that's like the best pop song ever or even if you don't think it's the best pop song answer, that is the most pop song pop song that ever was, right? Like, like, can't uh, we agree on that? I guess we could. We could that, choose to do that. Because that is, that's like the poppiest pop song ever. But it's so fucking good. That year was so good. Uh, go listen to more 1987 music, everyone. Yeah. It's <laughs> our takeaway. <laughs> there you go. Go enjoy it. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Uh, Big Red Buttons, do you have one for me? No. Shit. I don't have one either. Oh, God. Uh, Here's one. You, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Um, it's like your favorite year of music becomes mm-hmm. popularized. But it doesn't change. I mean, yeah, why would I want it to change? Well, there you go. I guess you pushed the button. <laughs> change how? What, what What do you mean? No, I mean, like, it, you just, like, wouldn't get other music. You would just, like... Oh, like, I mean... that, like, it would experience a resurgence in popularity, but... Exactly. Like, there would be like no would... new music ever again. It would become, well, yeah, people would, like, I guess, stay on this music. Okay. (laughs) They wouldn't change from it. It would just, like... Uh, uh, Would you take it? I, I think so, honestly. I... Yeah, I mean, 19... 1987 was a good year. How I mean, I don't know. 
there, there. I don't stay like looking at the the pop charts. Apparently, from what I've from what I've heard this year, uh, this is not a good year to be interested in the the Hot 100 because it has just been bad. Isn't it most of it Taylor Swift songs right now? Yeah, it's just been her George Lucasing her back catalog. Thank you, uh, Todd in the Shadows. Shout out Todd in the Shadows for that uh, comparison. Back, back. Yeah. She, she's George Lucasing all her old songs. But yeah, I think. Whew. I don't know, man. It's 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 rough. It is. Who that that is that, there there are good new songs like last year had a couple of really really good songs that we had mm-hmm. you know um they Lizzo actually got me to like her I don't know if that was last year or this year but it was that um am I ready to be loved song I see that I I actually I thought it was pretty good honestly you know nice she, I mean. Yeah, she like never clicked music. for me. She never clicked for me before. You know, I didn't like Juice. I didn't like uh, uh, Good as Hell. At none of those other songs, even um, About Damn Time, didn't really click for me. But that that song really clicked for me. I was like, damn, that's actually pretty damn good. Um, as it was was pretty solid. Uh, what else did I like? What else did I like? Uh, Bad Habit. That was that was probably my pick of the year. Yeah. I mean that, that was a really good song. Lizzo makes some great music. I hopefully she continues to. Hopefully she continues to make songs like that because I really enjoyed that song a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, Steve Lacey's Bad Habit really clicked for me. Um uh Chris Stapleton's still making good music. Does does he count as as pop? He was on like the Hot 100. You know, uh, he, he's been on the Hot 100 sometimes. Does he count? I guess. He's like the only thing that I like in country anymore. He's he's but he's so good. He's so good. I fucking love Chris Stapleton. Yeah, would you press that that music if all music just became 60s era for the rest nope. of forever no no i mean like that does sound kind of fun yeah radio would be really fun but uh i think there's just there's too many years of music yeah i wouldn't press it i don't i i think the i i think what makes the the 80s and the 70s and the 60s and the 50s special is they ended you know there's there's a finite number of songs that came out then. You can make music that's like inspired by it. You know, Greta Van Fleet made an entire career ripping off Led Zeppelin, but uh, yeah, that's like really their whole career. <laughs> yeah, and Led Zeppelin made an entire career stealing bits from other people's songs. So, really has come full circle. But uh I yeah, I think I think they gotta, did it first. Yeah. You got to you got to know when to let go. And I think the oversaturation and also the hindsight bias really helped. You know, everybody loves the 70s, but nobody likes Disco Duck. I think, I think, that's, a, I think that's a good point. 
Yeah, I'll sure. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. So we we're only remembering the good parts and not the bad parts because we weren't there for the bad parts. True. You know? Yeah. True. They must have sat through some shit. They really did. There was a lot of really shit music back then. You know, Peter Cetera, the Captain and Tennille, you know, that that type of shit. The the mm-hmm. soft rock easy listening bullshit. That that was terrible. And I'm glad it hasn't survived. Nobody plays the Captain and Tennille anymore. And and as it should be. As it should be. A fucking men. I think we can end with that. Fuck the captain. Fuck Tennille. Fuck them both. Hmm. Uh, 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 there's another band that's like really, really bad. They're like famously bad. I forget their names. And I think honestly, that's probably good. I, I, I think that's the desired outcome is that everybody just forgets their names. Yeah. So we can stop making fun of them. We don't even have to remember their bad songs and they can die out in, in relative obscurity. And Great. there we go. And I, that's, that's, that's how we'll end it. Uh, uh, if you guys want to uh, uh, follow us on social media, remember uh, we're now on threads. So uh, on threads, Instagram and Twitter, we are at IIHS podcast, all one word. Uh, I want to thank our patron, uh, Justin Connor, uh, sporter tier patron, Justin Connor. Thank you for uh, helping us out financially helps us do really cool things like when we go do that double feature barbie Barbie and oppenheimer very cool um uh we're also going to be doing a uh the rock iihs watch party over on patreon for our uh five dollar patrons uh the the influential and successful tier uh so you can head on over and uh uh, claim your week-long free trial for that you'll get uh, access to all our episodes ad free uh, and early before they come out uh, on the normal schedule. So go over and do that. Um, and again, also movie commentaries as well. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash IIHS podcast. Again, all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I cannot think of anything else I have to say. All right. Neither All right. Do, neither can I. Let's 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 do it. We're going to bring it home. We're going to get the outro right this time. We're going to do it. You know, we're going to we got the intro perfect 100% and we're going to oh, we're going to sure get the thing, outro man. perfect. All right, here we go. Uh All right. Ooh, all right. <clears throat> Ooh, okay. There's a lot of pressure. I'm Kale. And I've been incredibly influential. I'm Max One. I've been highly successful. Thank God. Thank God. We finally got it right. Uh, we'll, we'll see you all again. We'll next catch time. you. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>